I know that hurt people hurt people. And I knew that somebody that could have done something so heinous must have been in a tremendous amount of pain. So Scarlett, I actually found you, and I'm once again, I'm not sure what you read in the emails that I sent, but I learned your story through, you know, familiar with Bruce Lipton? I'm not sure you know you're, you're in his book. <laughs> oh, of course. Yes, I love Bruce. So yeah, I read uh, Biology of Belief for the first time, finally, and it's been on a li- on my list for a long time. I listened to his lecture. The book is incredible. And I read a little excerpt where he mentioned you, and I just kind of read up on you from there and learned about your, you know, your foundation and your story a little bit. And so I just thought I'd reach out. And unfortunately, the timing of us talking, you know, is pretty, pretty recent since a last unfortunate shooting in Texas. And I thought, again, you know, you know, what, who better to talk to in a time like this than someone who's had an ex- your own experience. So I don't know if you want to, for anyone that you know, maybe hearing from you the first time, I would love if you gave a proper introduction of who you are, maybe what you're doing or wherever you're comfortable starting. Sure. My name is Scarlett Lewis and I am the mom of two boys. One is Jesse Lewis. He was a first grade shooting victim at Sandy Hook Elementary School. He died on December 14th alongside 19 of his classmates, his first grade classmates, and six educators in one of the worst mass shootings in U.S. history. And you're right, we had uh, something very similar happen last week, Uvalde, Texas, and it was eerily similar, and it was uh, devastating to all of us. That's the thing. It's uh... It's, we just discussed it prior to anything recording about, you know, you and us sharing, you know, one of the very small details of our experience of loss of being in the public eye. I mean, I, I don't even, honestly, you think I'd be more prepared because I kind of, like I said, I like to make it like as natural as possible. So I, don't, I never, I, it, it's talking to someone who had your experience, it makes me a lot more emotional than I thought, especially before this conversation, I took out photos of my nephews and nieces and literally put them uh, right next to me. So it's going to mess with me a little bit. So my condolences. Let's keep it real. <laughs> we'll keep it real. Yeah, yeah. Believe me. I'm like, I don't know if it's the, I don't know if it's a double shot of espresso or what, but I'm feeling a little bit right now. Tell me about your foundation that you're doing right now. Cause a big thing that Bruce in the book that I mentioned and also just in general, spoke about was your ability to shift your mindset. And, you know, I feel like it's so easy to go feel angry and all these other emotions as to what you went through. Leading into telling me about what your foundation is doing, because I think that's so important to maybe have people today, you know, experience an easier transition of to what's going on. How did you have that mindset? Like, how did you take it as you took it? And what seemed like what a more positive manner, as that's the right way of saying it? Well, Jesse helped me with that. My son, who had been murdered, he had written on our kitchen chalkboard three words before he died. And I found them when I came back to the house for the first time. They were nurturing, healing, love, spelled phonetically because he was in first grade and just learning how to write. But I saw that message and I realized that if the shooter who was a recent graduate of the Newtown school system who had attended that elementary school, if he had been able to give and receive love, the tragedy would never have happened. And I I saw that message as a a message of comfort for us, for his family, but also inspiration. I knew 
that that was my life's purpose, that I was going to spread that message and I was going to amplify it in schools, homes, and communities, literally from that day going forward. The other thing that we found out very quickly was that Jesse had saved nine of his first grade classmates' lives um, when the shooter had uh, blasted his way through the front doors. He had turned left down the first grade hallway. Now, remember, he had attended this school. He knew exactly where he was going. The principal and counselor came out of the, they were in a meeting with a parent. They came out of the door on the right-hand side. He shot them, which was right in front of Jesse's classroom, first grade classroom door. He made a left into Jesse's classroom, continued shooting until his gun ran out of bullets. And during the short delay, Jesse called for his classmates to run. He saved nine of his classmates' lives before losing his own. And that example of courage, I thought to myself, if my six-year-old son could stand in the face of terror and use his last moments to save his classmates' lives, I can take his message of nurturing, healing, love, and I can spend every single waking moment amplifying that, starting in our schools, then going into our homes, then going into our communities. And the other thing that that message gave me was a different, completely different way of looking at what had happened. So while everyone seemingly was just roiled in anger and finger pointing, fault finding, blaming, and there was a lot to blame and to be angry about. I'm not saying there wasn't, but I felt compassion for Adam. He was the uh, school shooter. And I I literally felt like, and I said, and this was, this was not popular and probably still isn't, but I said that there were 28 victims that day. And I felt that because I know that hurt people hurt people. And I knew that somebody that could have done something so heinous must have been in a tremendous amount of pain. I mean, I just knew that off the top of my head. Somebody who's well-adjusted and, and, and happy, loves themselves, does not hurt themselves or other people. I mean, it's simple, right? Uh, I felt like Jesse was telling me if he could have given and received nurturing, healing love, the tragedy would never have happened. That's what you need to spread. And so I, I felt compassion for him. And so I I didn't have the anger. I wanted to, I saw what we were doing. I looked around and I thought, okay, we're blaming and we're addressing the attack end. Like there's a pathway to violence. It starts with a grievance and it ends in an attack and there's a stair step up. And because we're reactive in nature and we focus on the negative, it's just our negative bias, we focus on this attack end. And look, this was 10 years ago. And I'm thinking, okay, Everything that people is talking about, it's not working. It didn't work for my son. I'm not going there. I'm going to do something different. Why do the same thing over and over and expect a different result? So I decided to address the root cause of the suffering that created Sandy Hook. And it's also, by the way, the suffering that created Uvalde and the over 350 school shootings that have happened since Sandy Hook. It's suffering that creates that. It's the inability to cope with hurt and pain. And it is lack of social and emotional competence, all essential life skills we have to learn, we're not born with. Clearly, these uh, young adults did not have them. And, and they can be taught. It's like um, 
it's a great quote and I use it every day and I can't, I can't believe I can't remember the originator, but uh, hatred has to be taught. Hatred has to be taught. Nobody's born that way. Uh, right. You know, people aren't born evil. It has to be taught. And if you can teach hate, you can teach love. I mean, I don't know what else. I honestly don't know how else to handle what's going on. Yeah, I mean, it's, the level of forgiveness that you have is, um, you know, I think that is one of the major lessons that people can take from this. But holy shit, excuse my language, is that not easy? You know, especially the way, the the idea of what happened at Sandy Hook and all the other shootings. I don't, it's so, it's so much easier to take the, not easier in a sense of any other word, but it's so much easier to go that way. You know, the natural feelings that you have towards someone who just did that to your child. Anger. And that's natural. You you have to go through a period of anger. Yeah. I guess it's natural. But I mean, it, may, it does make sense to what you're saying that hatred isn't taught. It is, it is something that you, you've noticed that this other person who caused it had to have an experience in his life that caused him to take such a horrible, make such a horrible decision. But you and your son, Jesse, who, you know, it's amazing that you said he saved what I believe you said, nine lives and, and had that amazing moment of what he, the message that he gave you. How do you explain it to someone else that maybe didn't see that perspective? All the other victims, all the other parents and mothers and fathers that lost someone in other school shootings aren't that haven't or don't see it the same way as you. How do you, what kind of message do you give those parents that maybe haven't had that shift in perspective? Well, first of all, it's a journey. And everyone's journey is different. But for me, forgiveness meant freedom. Freedom from allowing someone who murdered my child to have control over my thoughts that impact how I feel, that then impact my my behavior and how I show up in my relationships with my family. Forgiveness was for me. Uh, people say, uh, I just was speaking to 1,400 kids in New Hampshire, and I said that people will say to me, oh my gosh, I can't believe you gave, forgave the man that murdered your son. You know, how could you do that? And I'm thinking, I did it for myself. I didn't do it for him. I did it so that I could model for Jesse's older brother what it looked like to live a life of freedom, to not be encumbered by anger and hatred and rage and resentment. That is not how I wanted to live my life. I wanted to live my life having joy and, and happiness and, and, and have a full life. I did, I did not want, I would never allow someone to impact me like that. But the only way that I could do that was through forgiveness. So I would say that it doesn't mean that I don't fall back into anger because I do. Um, and forgiveness doesn't mean that you do it once. It becomes a process, but it is a process that benefits the forgiver. It, we think it's a gift that we give. Why should I give that person? They don't deserve it. You know, they hurt me and they don't care and they're not sorry. They may not know, but forgiveness, and especially when you look at all of the decades of research behind the benefits of forgiveness, which, by the way, we teach in Choose Love in the uh, no-cost school-based programming that we have for, for schools, homes, and communities, a little, a little uh, plug in there, the benefit is for the forgiver. And it's kids love it 
because they call it a superpower. They say it feels so good to let it go. And we know that forgiveness is the key to healthy relationships. Healthy relationships is the key to happiness per Harvard University. It's so important and it's not weak. And it doesn't mean that you aren't angry. (laughs) It doesn't mean that you can't hold the person accountable. It doesn't mean any of that. It just means that you are taking your personal power back. You're not allowing the person that hurt you or hurt your loved one to have any control over you. And you can go back to it anytime. It's not that I don't wake up on anniversaries. It's not that I don't wake up on Mother's Day, my birthday, Valentine's Day. So many, so many days that I find myself falling back into anger. And, And it's not even like I don't cry every day. I do. I cry every day. Still, it's 10 years. And I'm okay with that. I'm not getting rid of the missing or the longing or the grief. I still have that. But I am taking my power back and I'm getting rid of the resentment and the frustration and those feelings that would be negative for me physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. God, it's, I mean, there's so many. There's so many lessons there. And first of all, the forgiveness thing, it sounds, the way you word it sounds so simple, but I've never, I've honestly, it's like, I I don't look at forgiveness the same way you do, how it's really is for the forgiver. And it's like on the surface level, it really does seem like, oh, they're forgiving this person and it's for them. It's like, not necessarily. I mean, I'm sure some cases, who knows, but it really is for the healing of the forgiver. And it goes such a long way of of doing that. But once again, it's not easy. And you even hit the nail on the head saying it doesn't, just because you do it once doesn't mean, okay, I'm going to wipe my hands and I'm good. There are those days where this life just ebbs and flows and you got to deal with stuff. And that's part of the process of growth, I feel, right? Is that even though it still comes up, but next time it comes up, maybe you're able to diffuse it a little easier. Does that, am I kind of, do I have that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's a process. And I actually give this example, and it's in our lessons, that I felt like I was attached to the shooter by an umbilical cord. And it came out of my side, and it ran into his, and all my personal power flowed out of me in the form of anger through the cord into the shooter. I'm dragging him around with me everywhere because I'm giving him control over my thoughts. They impact how I feel. They then impact my behavior. And forgiveness to me is like a big set of scissors. And I took those scissors and I cut that cord that attached me to pain. My personal power ran back in me and it felt so good. But I do fall back into anger. And when I do, I take a step back, I take a deep breath and I forgive again because it starts with a choice and then it becomes a process. And it may be one of the most important things that we do. And and people come to it in certain times. I mean, some of the Sandy Hook families said, this is something that you never forgive. And, you know, everybody has their own journey. So I'm saying for me, I did not want to be encumbered. It did not make me feel closer to Jesse by being angry. It made me feel closer to Jesse by being compassionate and being loving and, and trying to help the Adam Lanzas of the world. That's what I'm doing in the Choose Love movement. I do it as much to honor Jesse's life as I do to give love to all of the struggling young men that are in our society that are hurt, hurting, and angry, and they don't know how to 
manage that pain. So they they take it inward. They become suicidal. Then they become homicidal. And they're telling people along the way. They're posting this and no one's listening. No one believes them. So then they do a heinous crime. And, uh, and so I thought, you know what? I'm going to create something that addresses the root cause of what happened. And then I found, oh my gosh, it's not just the root cause of violence. It's the root cause of substance abuse. It's the root cause of a lot of mental illnesses. And so I took Jesse's message of nurturing, healing, love, and we and I, we created a powerful formula that helps you return. It's called the locus of control. Return your personal power to you so you can make things happen so that you don't feel helpless, hopeless, victimized. That makes you feel angry. And that's what leads to these attacks. This formula is designed and is neuroscientifically accurate to bring your personal power back to you. And it starts with courage. And we talk about for the older kids, Jesse's courage and how we all have the capacity for that courage within us every single one of us. And science tells us courage is like a muscle that we can actually practice it to strengthen it. And then we go into gratitude. Gratitude strengthens our mind. It it is, uh, we call it the great mind shifter because we, we tend as human beings to focus on the negative and then we repeat those thoughts over and over and over again. It's just how we think. And gratitude can help us shift the focus of that lens because we can only focus on one thought at a time. So then we've shifted the focus of our lens. We've strengthened ourselves through gratitude. Then the next character value is forgiveness. And it literally is teaching kids forgiveness. And when I started, everybody was telling me, you can't teach kids forgiveness. It's too lofty a topic. Literally, they said that. Um, but we did it anyway. And what we found is that it's not too lofty a topic. When you teach it, kids understand and they love it. And it's the most used character value. We don't understand it. We think that it's a lofty topic as adults. So luckily, the programming enables adults to learn right alongside the kids. We have programming for for homes, for parents that correlate with what's being taught in schools and for communities. And then uh, the last character value is compassion in action. And it literally follows Jesse's courage and then nurturing, healing, love. Compassion in action is when we have the courage to step outside of our own busyness and distraction, but even pain and suffering and help other people. This is the answer. The answer, I mean, is, you know, we're talking school shootings. I think we think that there's someone that has some secret plan that they're going to unveil, unveil. Someone is going to come in and fix this for us. And we're just kind of waiting for it. Meanwhile, every time it happens, we get number and number, we get more and more afraid and we're waiting. And I'm here to tell everybody there is no one that's going to come in and fix this for us. It's, it's the top doesn't have a plan. Uh, it's going to be us. We have to take responsibility for what's going on in our schools, in our homes, in our communities. We have to be part of the solution. And so I believe that Choose Love is, is part of that. I mean, this is what I've been saying since day one, that, uh, that everything, you know, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result is uh, is the definition of insanity. And that's what we're doing now too, after Uvalde. It's like we're going back to the same rhetoric that's not working. 
And by the way, this combats the anxiety that we're feeling too. There's this super, super pandemic of anxiety because we're feeling hopeless and helpless, like there's nothing that we can do, but every single person listening can be part of the solution. You can start by, you know, taking responsibility for your kid's safety. There's a fantastic organization called Dads in Schools, and they're just dads that volunteer to be at their kid's school inside and out. It's another pair of eyes. They're not armed. They're present though. They make the kids feel safe. They want to be there. I've seen news articles and I'm friends with somebody that runs the organization in Nevada and uh, they're amazing. They break up fights. There are fights going on in our schools across the country. These dads break up fights. They make sure that everything is copacetic and safe and they're another set of eyes. And I think that the, uh, you know, the police response is, uh, you know, they're, police are human beings. You think that after every single school shooting that they hone and refine, and I know they try to, but it's always a step behind. And so we have to get ahead of this. And that's what Choose Love does. It focuses on the root cause. And then I think that, you know, in in conjunction with Choose Love, you get this organization called Dads in Schools in your community. Start today. Just get the dads in the schools so that you can reduce your anxiety. The opposite of anxiety is positive action. And there's something that we can all take. We have to do something now. So call Dads in Action. I would say go on chooselovemovement.org. Make sure your school has a comprehensive essential life skills program for not only the kids, but the teachers too. They need it. They need self-regulation tools. They need to uh, be able to feel safe as well and grounded. And let's let's get this under control. Let's do this together because we can. Oh my God. I feel, I'm, I know we're doing this on the internet, but I feel it and hear it in your voice. So uh, it's incredible to hear you speak as you do. And the fact that you're focusing on the root cause is, 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 and believing that that is the root cause and that makes sense is, is incredible. And I think you've said so many different things about the lessons that you're teaching that I've always believed should be instilled in kids at a young age. And the fact that you're helping kids cope with their emotions. I feel like sometimes you look at kids dealing with, oh, they're just kids, this and that, but their mental health is serious and it's so important to teach them these lessons early on and i uh and you kind of already answered the question in regards to you know how do we progress and try to hopefully you know minimize days like this but i think you're answering and you're doing it in your foundation and it's incredible and i want to ask you r- real quick how is this taught is it, is it like during the school day is it after school is it one-on-one like how exactly i don't know if that's a silly question but how how is your program reaching these children for anyone listening that maybe want to take part in it? Hey, David, that's a fantastic question. Uh, It depends on the culture of the school. It depends on who's bringing it into the school. It's very flexible. So it's used, it's about love. (laughs) It's it's literally bringing uh, an amplified, nurturing, healing love into a school. So it's however a school wants to do it. I mean, there are comprehensive lessons that are uh, downloadable at no cost for all grade levels. We have prenatal, we have infant toddler. Actually, our prenatal, follows uh, Dr. Bruce Lipton's epigenetics uh, and and how important it is at that time for the baby's forming brain. We have infant toddler, 
We have pre-K through 12th grade. We've got programs for homes and communities. And so it's it's different in all schools. I mean, some schools, the, uh, the school counselor brings it in and goes into different classes and teaches lessons. Sometimes the principals will read off certain things during the morning announcements. Some schools have embraced Choose Love and they have the posters hanging in the wall and they literally teach the formula in every classroom and they weave it into everything that they do. And and by the way, those teachers say that they also bring it home and it helps them with their spouses and in their marriages and with their grandkids and kids. I mean, this is these are just essential life skills. They're skills that we we all want and need. They're relationship skills, they're emotional management skills, they're coping skills. And yes, do parents teach this? Absolutely. But we know now that they have to be reinforced and practiced in school. It's not just like, it's not, a memorization thing like okay i understand them now next these are skills and tools that that life gives us the opportunity to practice our entire lives so it's like once we learn them we have to consciously practice them every day so the schools that are the most successful with this literally weave them into everything that they do into math class into social studies into science and and you can i mean there's so much research along with what we have And it's really, you know, it's taken years to create and refine, but I I don't know after 10 years, David, of dedicating my life to keeping our kids safe and to being involved, having a top-down, bottom-up type of initiative, doing anything that I possibly can, showing up anywhere to talk about this, I don't know any other solution other than dads in schools, and choose love. I think it's a perfect combination. I'm so excited about it. And I and I would love to hear from everybody who's listening. I hope that they go out and they start this and they agree. If they don't, I'd love to hear from them too if they have a better idea. I mean, we're, we're just all in this together. I love Rumi's quote, we're all just walking each other home. And it is so true. We're in this together. There is no no magic wand that's going to be waved to get us out of this. It's going to be you and me. I realized that 10 years ago. I'm looking around thinking no one's taking responsibility. No one is being held accountable. No one. It's kind of it's kind of creepy. You can walk your kid into school. They can be just massacred. And then it's kind of like, They can't even say sorry, because if they said, I'm sorry, that would denote responsibility. So it's kind of like weird. And so I realized I'm in this, that I'm responsible for my child's safety. And so I quit my job. I dedicated my life. It's us. It's us, people. You know, put down your phone. Stop yelling on Facebook and and uh, pointing fingers at each other and and blaming and fault finding. Put your phone down and do something. Put something in action. That's what it's going to take. It's not going to happen over social media. Yeah. Jeez. Listen, I, there's like a couple of things before I get you out of here in regards to, um, I know you got to go, because uh, I feel like I could talk for like nine hours on this. Well, we can do it again, David. Yeah, I would love to because, like I said, I think uh, I think this is the foundation that I even want to off off recording. I want to ask you if there's anything. I don't know if there's opportunities for me to get involved somehow. But really quickly, two things on, on the on the on the outro here. 
I, it seems like obviously you're focusing on the root cause, which seems to be the number one, which should be the number one priority. So I know this is probably a loaded question and there's a lot of layers to this, this scenario, but so it doesn't seem like this is a conversation that leads the forefront. It seems like most of the conversation seems to be, you know, obviously, which makes sense in my head, the gun rights and that conversation. So should there be a shift in that conversation? I'm sure it's all molded together, but what is your opinion on that? in regards to that, you know, the, the battle, the back and forth with that, or should just the focus really be on what you're doing? A lot of times the gun control laws that they talk about would not have prevented the school shootings. I think common sense gun control is a great idea. And while people are fighting over it and politicians are acting like backyard bullies, and by the way, not focusing on keeping our kids safe, because that's just, that's just a fight. That's a food fight. That's why I've stayed away from it. You guys, I saw it after Sandy Hook, the polarization. It became two camps, anti-gun, gun, and ne'er the two shall meet. Here's the problem, David. Nobody is able to overcome their egos to make our kids' safety number one priority. It is not the priority in our country. If it was the priority in everyone's heart and everyone would step out of their ego and do something, our kids would be safe. But it's not. We're stuck in our ego. I'm right. I want gun control. I'm right. I don't want it. And they're locking like this. And meanwhile, our kids are getting murdered in school. It's like, well, it didn't work for me in Sandy Hook. So I was not going to be spending the rest of my life fighting against something. I wanted to be for something. And I wanted to be for the most powerful, unifying element in the universe, something that connects us all as human beings, something that we desperately need or we die without, and that is love. And it's simple. And that's what I wanted to dedicate my life for. I wanted to be for something. And I would love for people to join with me. I need to amplify this message. I need to help spread it. We have spent 10 years, we're a small organization, spreading this message by word of mouth and referral. Schools talk to one another. Oh, we love the Choose Love movement. You should use this. Okay, go online. You can download it for free. It's free. I can't believe it's free. Here's the reason it's free. Because it would have saved my son's life. Because it would have, it could reduce and prevent the suffering that leads to these school shootings. And that's why it has to be free. Because money can't be uh, a reason that that uh, that kids can't have this. And that's what happened in Sandy Hook. My my son was priced out of the market of a program like this. That can't happen. This is for all kids. And all kids have to know that love is available for them. All kids have to feel this feeling. All kids have to know how to cope with the, the hurt and the pain we know they're going to feel. All kids have to have uh, self-awareness. They have to love themselves and then they'll love each other. I mean, it's it's uh, it's not rocket science, but it does have to be taught. It does have to be reinforced. It does have to be practiced. And uh, this is a way to do it. Uh, and, and I've spent years building it up. I just need help spreading the message. So I'm asking for help. <laughs> I'm asking you, David. I'm asking your listeners if you have any ideas. I mean, we're in this together. This is what I do every day, all day long. We're talking on a Sunday, uh, and I'm and I'm thankful to be doing this. Um, <laughs> So just, you know, help me, <laughs> help us. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the thing where I help you by helping you is helping everyone. I think it is a, 
it is everyone. You know what I mean? Because it's like it's the little things day by day, like you said, that it it's not just a lesson in school. It's it's repetitive and it's habitual and it's stuff that we have to take with us for the rest of our life. And it's only going to happen if we all do it. So, um, on the, that's I'm going to do whatever I can. I'm thinking after we even hang up this, I want to have a quick second just to like see what else I can do to push this out there. Um, we we need this. Thank you. And I don't know as a, as a little as a little bit of a mic drop on the way out in regards to your choose love movement to the parents or people that just experienced this in Texas and in the past or lost in general, whether it's a child or whatever, what would you say to them that are fresh in it right now that are having a hard time leaning to forgiveness and compassion because they they just started this grieving process? As you know, David, too, as a child having gone through um, mourning and grief, this is the hardest time. I appreciated, because my experience was very similar to Uvalde parents, I really appreciated knowing that every American grieves with them. I appreciated knowing that. And I appreciated knowing that the world knew my child, you know, that they were honoring them and grieving with me. I took a lot of strength from that, I think, um, I, of course, we know that they're in shock right now. They're they're making the transition from summer plans to funeral plans, and uh, a lot of your listeners have done the same. But you know, somebody asked me, "What do you want President Biden to say as he gets off Air Force One to address the country for the Uvalde parents?" And I said, I want him to say that he prioritizes our children's safety, that it is number one, that there is no more important thing in the world at this moment, in our country, in our world, nothing is more important than our children's safety. That's it. And I want him to make the commitment right now, that's not the case. It's not a priority or this wouldn't be happening. We have the ability to keep our kids safe in school. So I wanted him to commit himself to say that our children's safety was the priority. And he didn't say that. So that means that it's you and I. And it always has been. We just we just didn't realize that. And it would have been nice if someone else solved it for us. But uh, I don't know how many times, David, people come into your life and solve your problems. <laughs> Not many do for me. It's, it's up to us. And we can do this. We can, we can do it. We will. We are. Amen. Thank you, Scarlett. Thank you for everything you're doing. Thank you for being on here. Uh, you know, I, I know it will reach a lot of people that, you know, are victims to a scenario that you've been through and even those that haven't. And uh, I'll put the links and everything for Choose Love. Uh, down below and I'll do whatever I can to push this forward because it's really incredible what you're doing. And I think to hear from someone, you know, especially now there's so many polarizing conversations back and forth, back and forth. Uh, it was really interesting in speaking to someone like you that, you know, knows it firsthand. <laughs> so uh, I want to thank you for what you're doing. And if there's anything I could ever do for you, please let me know. But um, you're amazing. And thank you again. Thanks, David. <laughs> 